This episode is brought to you by Auth0. That's Auth0.com. In this episode, we have Microsoft MVP, Pluralsight author, Jared Rhodes. We discuss building a laboratory and Brian's in a coffin. Hey, welcome to Thunder Nerds. I'm Brian Hinton. And I'm Frederick Philip Von Weiss. And thank you so much for consuming the Thunder Nerds, a conversation with the people behind the technology that love what they do. And new tech. tech good. Good. Ah. Thanks, everybody, for joining again. Please ask your questions. We'll answer them in the order they are received. And additionally, if you can, go to the YouTubes. Go to youtube.com slash Thunder Nerds and subscribe, hit the notification bell, throw some likes and hearts our way. We would deeply appreciate it. Thank you so much, Brian. Yeah, deeply appreciate it. Please subscribe. Yeah, we'd like to thank the return of Auth0 as this season's sponsor. They make it easy for developers to build a custom, secure, and standards-based unified login by providing authentication and authorization as a service. To try it out, go to Auth0.com, as you can see on the screen today. Auth0 is also on both YouTube and Twitch under username Auth0 with some great developer resources and streams. They also run Avocado Labs, which is an online destination their developer advocates run, organizing some great meetup events. Again, remember to check out auth0.com today. Thanks again. Yeah, thanks everybody. So let's go ahead and get to our super cool guest. Today we have Microsoft MVP, Pluralsight author, Jared Rhodes. Welcome to the show, Jared, or, or welcome back rather. <laughs> Good to be here. Yeah, good to have you. Yeah, you were on the show God, sometime last year. I'm going to look at the exact date when we had the Conf Migos. June. It was in June. Was it June last year? Okay, cool. So, yeah. yeah, we had a bunch of amazing guests. We had uh, Baskar, the, your doppelganger, Jared, Janelle, Michael, Todd Libby, Vincent Tang, Basil. Yeah, it was a big show. We'll link to it in our show notes. It's a great show. Yeah, absolutely. Great idea, Brian. So... Jared, let's uh, let's start off by talking a little bit about you and what's going on. How are you surviving with the with the COVIDs? I know you can't do any of the traveling you you normally do with all of your speaking events, talking about all kinds of super cool, neato things around the world. What's going on, buddy? Yeah, can't do any of that. Can't travel. Can't do the speaking gigs or anything. And I I personally did the. Uh, really shunned away from doing any of the online talks or anything unless like directly asked to to do one for a group. So for me personally, I have been a cave nerd. Like I've just been in my, a cave nerd. In my <laughs> office building out different pieces of technology to entertain myself. I've cut down every tree in my yard and dug plenty of holes. And other than that, it's just been sitting in front of this keyboard. Yeah. For our audio neighbors listeners. like you, gotcha. He actually is in a cave for our audio listeners. You're missing out. It's a great cave. It's like great lighting. And I'm curious. Okay. I, I saw in the background just now. I just noticed this and I want to know what's going on. There's a looks like there's a monkey, a flashlight, and uh, some pliers. So I'm a little concerned. To be specific, Brian's saying a real monkey. <laughs> no, it's, it's not a real monkey. A real monkey. <laughs> but why is there a monkey? I think it's a flashlight and pliers it's in the background. Uh, what's going on there? <laughs> it's not a flashlight. A okay. Oh, camera monkey and, pli and pliers. Okay. That's a camera from an IoT company that, that basically sold all those cameras and then turned their app off. So you can't use them anymore. Oh. So I'm trying to both. Oh, I, it, it had so many security holes. I think I can still use it. Like it, it was that badly secured. I can just override the firmware. And I also want to rip it apart to see what the parts inside would be worth and see if I can't just buy them off of people who don't want them anymore and sell the parts. I, I don't believe oh. we answered the monkey question. Yeah. That's the Xamarin monkey. Do you not know the Xamarin monkey? Xamarin. I do not. I'm not aware. Would you enlighten us, Jared? I don't know why, but Xamarin's mascot was a monkey. And so there's the Xamarin monkey. It was. Yeah, what happened to the monkey? They chose to move away from said monkey. Lack of bananas in the COVID. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's even a, a blog spot called Xamarin monkeys. 
That's great. It's very That's... interesting. <laughs> I, I don't know where the mustard came from, but I don't know. I started with Xamarin like eight years ago and it was like every, you know how companies do that where they've got like a mascot or something. So everything has yeah. it in it. They had like monkey app demo and the monkey this and the monkey that. It was Xamarin monkey. Uh, yeah, we used to have the uh, Firefox stuffed animal when we'd go to conferences back when we could go to conferences. We put it on yeah. top of the camera. So we'd look at the uh, Firefox. Oh yeah, Fox. that's yeah. right. Yeah. I don't know how many companies back in the day when I first started out had like way too many of the Linux penguins everywhere. They were just so excited about it. Okay. I, I love penguins. In, in fact, I just spirit an animal. I have a, a cool like print thing that I'm going to put behind me eventually because I love penguins. Rachel got me. Let me, let me put up this chart about oh, yeah, Brian. See, if you, if you, you don't know him, oh, wait, he, he actually, yeah, he's yeah. Uh, very much into penguins. They are his yes. spirit animal. Yes. And Alton Brown is also Brian's spirit animal. Don't ask me why. But Jared, again, uh, the COVID, you can't go out. You can't do the talks. Are you doing any of the virtual events? And if you are, what do those look like? A few. And that was one directly asked. Usually if there was a someone had to step out, I would step in at the last minute and do a talk. And and for me personally, I've really shunned away from doing them because it's really not the same. I, I don't mm -hmm. feel any drive to do them at all like literally at all i feel well, you don't even have to drive yeah i don't feel like doing any of that the virtual events really i feel like you can make something better pre-recorded and a lot better mm. edited but yeah I, I i just did a few of them and i don't really like it either trying it you, you have no interaction i half the time i would miss my cues when people would raise their hands to ask questions or anything like that so didn't like it. What about your experiences with uh, attending some of these? Have you been going to any of these interesting events? Have you partaken in any of these talks and anything that you found successful working for other people? A lot of people are coming to us asking about how do I put on these virtual events? Uh, and if we have an advice, do you have any such advice? No, no, because we actually have a, a team member. So I help run the Atlanta Code Camp as well. And so we mm -hmm. have a, a team member that's been putting together all kinds of events for IEEE virtual. Mm -hmm. And honestly, when the idea of doing Code Camp virtually was presented to our group of organizers, it was like a collective sigh of, uh, <laughs> and then no one really wanted to do it. So we, we skipped out. So I personally, I haven't run my user group virtually after the first month. And then I, I haven't mm -hmm. done anything else virtually. So. I really, I wish I could help people out to do this, but I am so uninterested in doing the, the virtual meetings. That yeah. I'm the, yeah, I'm the same way. I run the Figma Tampa Bay meetup and I've only done like maybe one or two since COVID started. And yeah, just not hugely into it because there's no, you know, one-on-one -on -one interaction and Rachel bakes cupcakes. I can't bring virtual cupcakes to people. That doesn't work. You it's could program that, Brian. Come on, you're slacker. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though, who does some good events is the uh, people at Event Apart. They do some pretty yeah. interesting things where you have a lot of deep interaction with uh, with the presenters. So they got really creative with that. And that's that's good on them. That's a great avenue to uh, to explore and try that out. We'll put a link in the show notes as well. What about courses, Jared? You mentioned courses. Are you developing courses right now? And if you are, what are those? I'm not developing anymore right now. So basically, right as COVID hit, I had started a new contract for a company based out of New York that I was flying to. So that was back in March. And at the same time, I was finishing up my last two or three courses for Pluralsight. Mm -hmm. And uh, there were some Xamarin courses. And between my wife's a pharmacist, so between stuff that was happening in healthcare, the traveling stopping, my a contract suddenly going from on site to remote it was it was chaos and i mm. wasn't I, to be honest i just wasn't happy with what i produced in my last couple of courses so i've I, i've steered clear of it for a while i wanted to take a break really examine why i didn't why i wasn't happy with those courses so that i could maybe make some that that people wanted curious how's your how is your family doing how's your wife doing being a pharmacist with healthcare and all this stuff going on how's she been with all this she's been fine That's after good. the first like uh, month and a half of people literally walking up to the pharmacy and coughing at them they installed the plexiglass <laughs> and, and everyone started wearing masks and she she somehow drew the short straw and has to open the pharmacy for senior hours and she's been doing that since uh <laughs> since april or whatever so every tuesday at 6 a.m she has to go open that pharmacy and at this point, no one even shows up, right? Like none of the seniors go to senior hours anymore. So I guess, I don't know, it's been okay in that aspect that she's had some easier work on top of that. But now mm. vaccines are coming out. They're shooting people up with the vaccines. So she's got tons of more work and has to learn a lot of things uh, quickly. 
Yeah, I heard on, well, not I heard, but I read on May 1st, apparently, that's like the national everybody over 18 could get the vaccine, according to CNN and what Biden projects. So crossing my fingers, I could get it even sooner than that. I'll take what I could get. I'm very excited. Put it in my eye. I, I don't care. Wherever you need in it. I, I really don't care where you put the vaccine as long as I could get it. If you have to stick a needle in my teeth, go for it. I just mm. give me this damn vaccine. I'm excited. <laughs> so why don't we talk about uh, a little bit more work related things, Jared? Let's get to know you a little bit. What do you do exactly on a day to day? I know you are a Microsoft MVP. You are a uh, plural site author. What do those two things mean? If you could, just for the sake of brevity, if you could just quickly go over those, and uh, I want to ask you something a little bit more deeper. Sure, sure. For brevity's sake, what that usually means in non-COVID times is a lot of content generation and a lot of presentations. Yeah. Uh, so generating content, blog posts, obviously the courses, videos, doing the in-person meetings, running the code camps. That's what those things mean outside of work. For work, I, I'm just a cloud solution architect right now. Yeah. And from my understanding, your main thing is a business that you run, which is the, there's your website. Let me find the right slide here, which is Cumana. If I'm saying that correct, is that right? Cumana? Uh, Cumata. Cumata, excuse me, Cumata. Correction, Cumata.com. So that's Q-I-M-A-T-A.com. For audio listeners, go back and watch. We'll have it in the show notes. Could you tell us what the Phil Collins, the genesis of this company was, why so you Collins. actually started it, and uh, what are some of the verticals that you serve? What are some of the uh, solutions that you provide? I'm not going to oversell it. It's just the company I started so that there was a, a company between me as a consultant and basically so I could 1099 through a company. Legal, Legal. gotcha. Under that banner, I've done um, tons of Azure work and mobile work. So Xamarin, mobile, and mainly Azure, uh, either automation or um, architecture. Why the name? What's the name mean? It means nothing. So funny enough, I was in, my, my wife is uh, <laughs> That's honest. Indian, and we were in India, and mm -hmm. we were going around, and we were trying to figure out a name because I was stuck in the car for 16 hours a day with my in-law. So I, I was on my phone trying to figure out a name for a company. And mm -hmm. uh, it just happened to be, it was a play on a word that was the only word that wasn't taken in uh, as a domain name, right? I wanted something, it's weird, but I just wanted something that was like six letters. There was a play on a word and boom, those are the letters that fit together. And the funny ending to that story is that's actually the English name of a city in China. So most of my traffic actually comes from people in oh, China boy. Googling <laughs> that name.com. That's funny. <laughs> that's so awesome. You should get the, the, the level domain for the, uh, China, the China version of that. Yeah, I think it's CH. Yeah, something like that. Is it like that? Yeah, I, I don't even know if one could purchase that with our geographic challenge and all that. Oh, great. So what kind of challenges do you help resolve for customers? Do you have people come to you for several specific things? And what are those specific things that you specialize in? I would say I usually get two types of customer requests, and that'll be both with Azure and Xamarin. Usually it's someone that has used the technology on a project or as a team, they're building out some solution for about six to 10 months, and they come to me and go, something's wrong. And I usually <laughs> get pulled in, and I go and I try to help them figure out what's wrong. I could say one here in Atlanta was a, they make cash registers. You can figure out who it is. They make cash registers and they came to me after six to 10 months on a Xamarin project and everything was wrong. And I, everything, it didn't start fast. It didn't stay on. It was crashed all the time, blah, blah, blah. So I went in and over the course of a couple of months, we fixed it. For the current client, they are the, I think they're the world's largest insurance company. They do weird insurances that you don't think about. If I'm trying to ship something through three different countries, what are the whatever, or if I'm Walmart insuring every location across the world, that kind of thing, big insurance. And mm -hmm. they wanted to get into new markets. So they wanted a cloud solution architect to try to help them walk through. Oh, and they, they weren't in the cloud. They had a private cloud. They had a huge cloud initiative. And they brought me in to help with that cloud initiative as they built out this new business line to try to figure out how they could use this enterprise Azure contract to their benefit. I, I'm laughing because I can just think of my if my parents were to listen to this, they'd be like, they had a private cloud? <laughs> because they would have no idea. Well, what what is this, the Jetsons? About. I don't get it. So, <laughs> yeah. did, I ahead. mean, 
actually, I mean, on that point, like for people who aren't familiar, what does that mean to like, how would you explain that to layman's terms, like private versus what you're doing? Yeah. Oh, private cloud versus public cloud? Yeah. Think about everything before the public cloud. And that's basically what a private cloud is. They just have their own servers and they have a lot of them. And they have teams that manage them. So in their world, you either send an email, go to a little portal or something, and you request this whatever access to whatever thing or to create a thing within that private cloud. Whereas the public cloud, it's supposed to be a little bit easier. You can just log in and there's already a portal and you can self-service your way to turning on your website or your database just through a few clicks. So how do this, you, how do you, let me ask this because this pertains to this. Communicate the the dangers and the value of one having a, a private location, like a private mm. cloud, opposed to something like a Google or an Amazon service. And two, how do you sell people on maybe uh, a cloud redundant solution just in case if they have that private, have some kind of redundancy? Okay, so go over the first question again. I'm confused by it. It's about how do I convince them to move to the public cloud, even though it may be less secure? Not specifically that. It might be less secure to have a private cloud just for the fact uh, that if all your stuff is in this, and again, they can have a private cloud in multiple geographic locations, Mm -hmm. but say something goes wrong with this cloud service. Uh, Basically, what I'm getting at is the the second, the latter of, of the question, really, which is the redundancy of redundant clouds and what that means and how that could best ensure service. For a company like this, it's so large that its private cloud is actually one of those multi-region. And when I say multi-region, they had data centers in Hong Kong, they had data centers in Zurich, they had data centers in South America. Ah, I see. So they're really big and their private cloud was very large. Their move to the public cloud wasn't necessarily for that redundant cloud purpose. I believe, if, if I could guess, it was a cost-cutting measure. When you invest in a private cloud, you have a lot of capital expenditure, whereas if you go to the public <laughs> cloud, you have a lot of um, operational expenditure. And for a company that large that spends that much on the cloud, that's usually the driving force behind it is to, ship, is to shift CapEx to OpEx. However, to address the idea of the redundant cloud, there's two, two things that, that, that come to mind when you say redundant cloud. So you are talking about the private and public cloud, whereas what a lot of companies are looking at is the public cloud. So first is the private to public cloud. It's like even me personally, if we go into talking about the home lab, I use the public cloud as a off as a offload for my private home lab. It's my backups, right? Because backups are so much simpler and easier there. And I just get the easy geo-redundant security and, and, and all that kind of stuff for my backups. For a company that was that large and had that large of a internal private cloud, the public cloud just offers something different. It's not exactly that they need that redundancy. And if you're talking about redundancy when we go to Amazon and Azure, that is something that companies... How, how do I put it? It's if you've done this long enough, you've seen it to where you've gone through a client and that client will have multiple times spent millions and millions of dollars with an idea in mind, like a redundant cloud. And, it, and for some reason, it just never really comes to fruition easy. A lot of companies are now trying to do that with Kubernetes because I can just do Kubernetes in Azure and I can do Kubernetes in Google and I can do Kubernetes in Amazon. But at the end of the day, there'll be these minor differences and they don't want to spend the extra $100,000 to get those minor differences out of the way. And these public clouds are so large that for you to not have access to your resources and something as big as Azure would require something as catastrophic as either one certificate going bad or governments falling. It's just that large. <laughs> like the government's falling. I found it interesting you mentioned your your home lab. What? That's one of our topics today is the building a home lab. What the heck are you talking about when you're mentioning home lab? Yeah, I, I guess just to even set this up further, yeah. we need to, There, I'm sure there's a lot of people that don't have some kind of concept that appears in their head when Brian said home lab, like they think there's like- I think Powerpuff you know, Girls. Oh, oh, you went for an actual <laughs> or, lab or, and, the, or and the doctor. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, lab. That, that, that's exactly it, right? <laughs> uh, yes. So uh, a home lab oh, no. Is- Sarcastic. It depends on what you want to do with it. So there's these, I found these groups. So again, they, lock, they you know, I got locked inside for a year. 
And uh, my outlet for creativity when I couldn't talk to people in groups was to uh, apparently just go and buy old computer hardware and create my own little, it'd be too much to call it a private cloud, but my own little data center, server set, or home lab. And a home lab is just whatever you want it to be. 90% of the people that I see doing it are doing it so they can run their own multimedia server, which seems to be the thing everyone in technology likes to do. You can do more than that, though. I run it as a test lab for a bunch of different projects and to learn different technologies like Kubernetes. You can do whatever you want to with it. So is it a... Using... Okay. Go ahead, Brian. Okay. <laughs> I've been debating uh, um, getting a Raspberry Pi and doing the whole... I can't remember the name of the software, but there's a software you can use that basically intercepts ad traffic before it like gets to your computer. Pi and Pi Yes, Pi-hole. I've been wanting to to try that out just because it, it seems like it would be just a smart thing to have in between my computers and everything else. Just put a link in the show notes to that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I looked at doing that too. So mine was just, I had routing equipment. So I went ahead and did the, the no lookup DNS for those ad sites and that. But uh, Pi-hole is also another very popular one. But do note that when you do that, when you turn off all the ads, a lot of websites know that you turned off their ads. So when you go to them, like, A, <laughs> will not work at all, or B, will make you click 15 things to let you know, hey, your browser seems to be broken. Yeah, they, they tend to not like it. Yeah, but it's, cra it's, it's crazy how, how insane it's gotten. The Verge has always been notorious for ads, but I watched a video the other day. There were, in the first four minutes, like five ads and I was just like, this is insane. It's ridiculous. Come on, guys. <laughs> YouTube's the same. YouTube doesn't want you to listen to music anymore. It wants ads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So tell us a little bit more about your lab, like what you're doing. Like, how did you, were you like, oh, I'm stuck at home. Let's, I guess I'll do this. So what got you into it? Uh, that's pretty much it. I was stuck at home <laughs> and I'm, a, I'm a, I've yeah. done Azure for so long and technically I'm supposed to know a lot about edge computing and IoT. So I needed a bunch of, servers in my house to really try that kind of stuff out and so i went and i the, the first place i went was the uh there's a subreddit so reddit.com slash r slash home lab and i went to home lab and i looked over stuff there and that kind of helped guide me down the path of figuring out like you're talking about doing the raspberry pi and doing a pie hole because I, I i have so many raspberry pies I, I honestly just not i think i just came the other day it was like 23 some of them so old that i don't even want to plug them in but I had a lot of those and I didn't really want to wire together a bunch of Raspberry Pis. I wanted to look at sort of older hardware and try it out. And that's where when I was looking at Home Lab, I learned you can get this stuff pretty cheap. A lot of companies are getting rid of their servers and they just end up in like eBay and you can just buy them really cheap. Yeah, I've actually looked at some of the videos of people that are putting these things together. And some of the advice they have is to actually reach out to some of these companies, maybe even some of the OEMs and ask them about what are you not using? What are you getting rid of, et cetera, et cetera. And a lot of times they'll they'll provide these things to you. They'll just, yeah, oh, you want this? Here you go. It's like uh, one man's garbage is another man's, I don't know, parts to build a robot. It's it, it, some of the things are a lot more accessible to get. You don't need to have a hundred thousand dollars to do this. And speaking of which, would you mind uh, sharing if it's not a something very ostentatious, like a number to what your home lab is like? What? How much did you pay for this? So the original amount when I bought the first five servers, let's see, each server cost me around $100 and that's full shipping and everything, but it had no hard drives. So then the hard drives themselves cost me about 30 bucks a piece. So there were five of them. So we're looking at uh, what, six, $700 for that whole setup. Oh, and I bought a router and the router was like 30 bucks. So you did this for well under $1,000. It didn't cost you like 20 grand. You didn't have to take a loan out. You didn't have to give anybody blood. Yeah, it's, it was fairly easy to obtain these things and as was, far as cost goes, right? Yeah, and that was actually before I learned how to really cut costs. So what I did for those was I went and I found some server refurbishing websites. So that's what they do. They refurbish servers and you buy them. You can configure them and they'll send them to you. That was what I did first, but now I've gotten to where my prices are like super low because A, I know enough about hardware to really wire these things together and figure out what's wrong with them. And B, like you were talking about the guy who said you can call the OEM. If I could give advice for anyone who wants to pick this up, it's uh, 
check with your local electronics recycler, both for this mm -hmm. and for if you do mobile development for test phones. Because the electronics recyclers, what happened for me that worked out was there was a merger between two banks locally here in Atlanta. Those two banks then closed down a bunch of branches. Those branches all had servers with server racks in them. Oh, so wow. I went to the recycler, gave me the racks for $100 a piece, and then power backup power supplies and all the other stuff for $20 here, $50 there. And now I've got stuff that'll never leave the room in this office because it's way too heavy. But enough <laughs> of it, that, uh, I still am under like $1,000 for that set. And it's a full private cloud for me now in there. It, universities are also a great resource. I, I used to buy little setups when I was younger at from the local university, University of Florida. They have actually, if you look, if you Google, you'll find like websites for old hardware and you can buy them super cheap, like $20, $30 and get like this like server that was used. And it's pretty good, good deals out there. Even Goodwill is a good place if you uh, go to the right Goodwill and are in the right city. Like surprisingly, I've come across some interesting things. Let me ask you about the advantage of, of doing this. Obviously, one, like you said, the equipment's really heavy, so you could use it as a pseudo gym. Two, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, for nerds. Two, you could really gain a lot of experience in many different kind of realms of technology, right? Not just putting these things together, but exploring all the uh, ways that you could leverage the, these pieces of technology. Now, what comes to my mind is documenting these things in an advantageous way, such as a blog, a vlog, a TikTok, I don't know, whatever the kids use, right? Document the stuff, not only to help the community and uh, get the word out about how to do these things, because I'm sure there's many people that want to uh, have this knowledge, but also it's advantageous for yourself to be able to put hooks into water to be not just look at me, I'm an expert, but it could help with career opportunities down the road, possibly. What do you say to that, Jared? I haven't blogged about this particular, today was the first day where I really felt like I did something that was something I could write an article about. But for most of it, I am learning at a, like I like to write my articles about Azure. I've been using Azure for 10 years, blah, blah, blah. I feel like I can give insights to things that are very much opaque to even seasoned people that use it. This stuff, I feel so lost sometimes when I'm trying to, it's just configuring the networks in Linux when there's two ports, two Ethernet ports. It took me long enough to figure out how to do that, that I could write an article on it. But I think for people that do that, it might be simple and blah, blah, blah. The only thing I, I did re I, that I even feel like I could blog about was I, I set up this Postgres cluster and, and it took like weeks because every articles on how to do it with Red Hat. And I did it in, in Debian. And again, I feel like as far as blogging about this stuff, so people could know, maybe I should blog about it a little bit more. Being locked inside kept me from blogging as much. But I also feel like a lot of the stuff is I'm learning now. Like I'm not teaching. I am in the learning phase of a lot of this. And so I'm not so sure I should be teaching as actively and still know what I'm doing. <laughs> I, I see what you're saying, but there's also a lot of value in being honest and authentic with doing this as you're learning. Hey, I'm going to pick up this wrench and I have this piece of wood. I don't know what's going to happen, but let's explore this together. I've seen a lot of videos like that, and I think they're, they're really interesting to uh, see somebody's experience of, of learning and their thought process, looking at the work, at the math problems, and see how they figure it out. So you're saying Jared should start TikTok for, for this stuff is what you're saying? If that's literally what you got from what I said, then absolutely. <laughs> I agree with you and your purple wooden coffin, Brian. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. I, I mean, deny uh, that. <laughs> that was, that's good. Yeah. Well, let me just uh, focus on you really quick so everybody could see you and your purple wooden coffin. It's a little bit more roomier than my coffin, but I think Brian looks uh, beautiful in it and he's a handsome young vampire. Mm -hmm. Speaking of vampires, Jared, let's talk about free <laughs> software. Soft, we, we've talked so much about hardware and how to start this. Let's talk about like things like freemium, etc. Do Does one need to spend again, a absorbent amount of dollars to, to do this? Or yes. can you obtain a lot of this? Brian says yes, Jerry, just to, so you know where he weighs in. But does one need to spend an absorbent amount of dollars to do this? Not from software. So from the software perspective, you'll one thing you'll do is you'll learn Linux. That is just something that will happen after you've plugged in enough. And you'll cry. 
a lot. You will. You will. I'm a fan I, of crying, just so you know. <laughs> I, I, there's you. Even going back to the blog, one of the reasons you don't blog as much when you're doing this is because you broke your network so many times, and none of your servers <laughs> are up. It just keeps you. You can't post your blog, and your keyboard won't connect. <laughs> yes. So as as far as software goes, you'll learn Linux. But if you go, and I think I put some stuff in our doc, at least GitHub list, there are lists that people make specifically for like awesome server software, free software that you can run. And, and some of them are just people's personal GitHub projects, whereas some of them are full-fledged like things like Postgres, like huge enterprise database software that you can just install for free. Even going beyond the free stuff that you can get just as talking about like Linux and things that run on Linux. There is close to free version of VMware you can get. Look into that if you're a listener and you're really wanting to learn VMware. They have this very close to free version. Uh, I should actually take it back. So first, you can actually run um, ESXi for, I'm not a lawyer, so check this. But you can run ESXi for free as far as I know on like a hun- up to like 100 machines that have no more than eight cores. And that's just ESXi, so it's not like they're big, like vSphere or anything like that. But if you run ESXi and you use something like uh, VMware Workstation, you've got a full setup right there just to log into your server and start building VMs and testing and learning things that way. Uh, Microsoft used to have some easier to access free versions of Microsoft software. They do have, they, or at least they did have like DreamSpark and they used to have BizSpark, which oh, was yeah. really helpful. DreamSpark. I don't know if they still have DreamSpark. Hopefully they do. Other than that, check to see if you get a um, Visual Studio license through work. And since you're using this home lab as a home lab, again, I'm not a lawyer to, be, to check your licenses before you like come back at me. Or Jared says everything he is legal that he's talking about. <laughs> he is a lawyer. We'll put a link in the show notes. If you actually go to Jared's website <laughs> slash lawyer, you'll learn he is a lawyer. Just putting that out there, JK. But yeah, you can check your license at work. See if you get a Visual Studio license and that should allow you to download some stuff from Microsoft if you'd like to try it locally. I still use uh, Team Foundation's server or what do they call it? Azure DevOps server nowadays, just for work tracking and stuff like that, just to be familiar with it because it's the same thing that runs in Azure. So building local builds is good a practice. And just because I'm a nerd, I want to mention something with Raspberry Pi. Nobody's disputing that. Just Everyone knows I'm a nerd. Uh, uh, Raspberry Pi, because I'm excited by this Pi's and small, like little computer things. Uh, You can make a synth with uh, Zynthian. I'm also big into music and have, I think, six or seven synthesizers around me. Um, And Zynthian was an open synth platform where you could just take a Raspberry Pi and create a synthesizer that can do all sorts of amazing sounds. I'd say check that out too if you're locked in a cave and wanting to do some cool like uh, hardware stuff. <laughs> That's all you I know, had. Jared, what, what about <laughs> what about fun stuff? There's this idea. Fun. <laughs> there's this idea of fun. You said it, so I, I don't associate you with fun, Brian, but let me get to the real point. What about fun stuff that you do with this? Automation of things. AOT, which doesn't stand for Attack on Titan, but AOT, Automation of Things, IOT. What kind of fun stuff are you uh, doing with this? What kind of exploration are you diving into with your candles lit on a Sunday morning? Uh, One of the things is, like I showed you that little camera with the the monkey and the pliers or whatever back there in in the back. Everybody Uh, should have them. (laughs) Is uh, trying to play around with it. There are some open source uh, video processing, like image detection, security style stuff, servers. I want to see if I can get the cameras on that to work with those and do some uh, some video and audio recognition with those just because I can buy a bunch of them for cheap and see what I can do with them. But uh, trying that out, I was trying to revisit. I got a, a DJI drone, the little you know, really expensive camera drone. I've got one of those and I was trying to play around with some automated processing of its image feed, but I'm having some trouble with it right now due to how its SDKs work. And I've got... Oh, I got uh, these little, I think they're feathers, the uh, Adafruit feathers. feathers. And I. Well, that's, and- that's clearly a circuit board of some sort. That's not feathers. That did not come from a bird. <laughs> feathers. Tell me more. Oh, yeah, e- explain to the audience. Yeah, sorry. So I got these Adafruit feathers. They are just 915 oh, okay. megahertz little radios. And I am trying to just build out uh, an automation on the build. So I've been building libraries for it so that a friend of mine can work on something as far. He's got beehives. Like he got into bees during the lockdown. Oh, cool. That's a, that's a good so, thing to get into, honey. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he really likes it. And we, one of the things we want to do is he's an, he's a professional electrical engineer. And so we're going to try to put some sensors in his beehives and then put them on these long range wireless because we can get, we can get a couple of miles out of these if they aren't, if, as long as they've got clear line of sight. And so we're trying to do that with his beehives and we want to see what we can do as far as automating, just reading out the temperature, see if they're getting too hot, see if they're moving, that kind of stuff. And we also want to see, uh, for at least for me, as far as the automated build portion of it, I've got a bunch of code and I want to be able to check that when I start auto- altering the firmware that I can run a build, deploy to two of these and then have, or three of these, excuse me, and then have those three in different configurations send messages and that I didn't break the firmware during the build. I got completely distracted by everything you said because I went to Adafruit and they have a hollow, an Adafruit Halloween M4 Express Halloween, orange Halloween edition that has a screen with an eye on it. And I don't know what it does, but I will, I want it. That was super thrilling. Thank you, Brian. No, no, check it out. Orange Halloween. I'll put, I'll put a link. It's really cool. It's you can cool. always share your screen too. I can't. Hey, let's try this out. I've never done this before, so we could shut down the entire podcast. Probably. <laughs> let's try this. I'll go over here. Wait, actually, let me not have all my hundreds of browser tabs visible for everyone. This is riveting for everyone listening, I'm sure. This what technology sounds like. Do, do, do. Okay, is it sharing? I can't tell. Oh, it yeah. is. That's sweet. Look at this. This is awesome. It's like an eye that just looks around. I don't know what I'd use it for, but I would like it maybe on my wall or something because that's uh, super cool. Uh-huh. Jared, can we use this to help, I don't know, keep the humans in check when the robots take over? What is this for? <laughs> this looks, and I'm just guessing by the skull shape of the circuit board that they made, <laughs> yeah. is a decoration <laughs> yeah it's purely i'm sure it's purely decorative but it's pretty awesome because it has like a screen for displays it looks like it has like light sensors so you could probably have it turn on and look around when people walk by it's only 40 dollars. 40 dollars, you can have something cool to play with like why not yeah so, dude i get it that looks fun in atlanta i went to uh so i go to dragon con every year in atlanta where it's a big cosplay thing there like everyone they, they build the you know costumes is the is like a central theme and I think it was Adafruit that was actually there and they did a presentation and they handed out like a, a thread. It was you could sew and then you put the battery on the end of it and it would have lights through the thing. But they actually, they sent one of their evangelists and they gave out free stuff, like a, not a tech thing, just so people could cosplay. Like this first oh, thing I thought of awesome. was an eyeball was like, oh, I, I, could, love that. I could take a costume and just put eyeballs on the back for whatever reason. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, some of the costumes at the the cosplay stuff, hundred percent off topic, but are pretty awesome. But any uh, last thoughts on on IoT? We're, we're going to switch to our next round of uh, questions we call lightning round. But I want to make sure if you have anything else you want to talk about before we go. The only other thing I want to bring up is when you start doing the home lab, make sure you know where you're putting them because they put out heat. They can be loud, and they usually have lights on them. That's very true. <laughs> yeah, heat is a big uh, thing. <laughs> yeah, with all the computers. Yeah, wait. There, is there a story with this? Did you have something happen yourself? Oh, yeah. I guess when COVID hit, I hadn't. I, I wasn't in this office. I was in a separate office. I left that office, moved everything back into my house, which meant that now my closet, my wife's closet, really, now has blue lights and fans <laughs> in it, and, and and it's just like that all the time now. So for six months, every time we went to bed, the the house was fully blue and lit up, <laughs> and nicely heated. Yes. <laughs> Awesome. So now lightning round time, which is my favorite time. Yeah. Where's the thing? Frederick, where's, where's the graphic? No, I don't have it for some reason. Oh, I didn't load it in. You'll so have sad. to deal without it. Yeah, oh, so sad. So see previous episodes for lightning round graphic. So we ask you a question. I go, Frederick goes, You we answer back and forth pretty quickly. My first one uh, for you is what's one pet peeve of yours that you wish you could get rid of because it would make your entire life easier? A video conferencing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fair enough. What new technology are you excited about? New technology that I am excited about. I don't know. Quantum computing seems pretty interesting. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Jared, you're in the circus. Would you rather be the person with that puts their head in the lion's mouth or the one that gets shot out of the cannon? Lion's mouth, just because I get to interact with nature. Oh, nice. It's a good way to look at it. <laughs> Jared, if you could eat one bug, what would it be and why? <laughs> 
one bug i would have to say one of those giant tarantulas just so i'd feel full that's true that's a good point <laughs> yeah i totally see that uh what if anything have you regifted? Oh, all kinds of hardware, like IoT <laughs> hardware. I go to, I've got so many Bluetooth speakers. I could, I, I sell them on eBay at this point. People get Bluetooth speakers from me that have some company's logo on it. Awesome. Jared, you could answer this with a little, little bit of brevity. You don't have to jump into the full story, but what got you into technology? I was a physics major. Friends were on the submarine team. They needed someone to program how they want to do the sonar. Oh, yeah. I wrote it out for them. They said, we don't know what that does. And then I had to write it in C. So I learned how to program. Awesome. Awesome. What chore do you hate doing? Cleaning my bathtub. It's a good one. New house. Some reason that thing collects dirt like it's a hobby. I like that. <laughs> I hear that. Jared, let's see. What, what kind of uh, tats you got there? What's on, what's on the sleeve, buddy? Oh, this is... So I, I have a lot of nerve damage in my right arm due to an accident when I was really young. And so this is a nice, sleek robot. Boop, boop, boop. But where it gets to where I have nerve damage, there's an alien growing in it, and it's all broken and messed up. Interesting. And and you got it after, uh, obviously, after whatever, whatever happened. Yeah. You didn't fall out of a tree like Brian, did you? I did fall out of a tree from the very top. No, I, I had a different accident. Not, it's not a happy accident, so we can... <laughs> I don't want the viewers to be like, what? <laughs> if, if you look at this Brian chart at the very bottom, it says, yeah. fell out of tree. I did. Yeah. Just want to make sure I'm, that that's communicated. Yeah, I missed the chain link fence. So th thank you, Frederick. Uh, you keep reminding everyone. <laughs> well, when I went back in time to push you, I got a little sloppy. But go ahead, Brian. What do you miss most about being a kid? Uh, not being as fat. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough question. Fair enough. <laughs> Jared, this sounds goofy, but what is your favorite thing about yourself? Your favorite trait about yourself? For some reason, I guess it was because I have... Two, I'm very short and both of my brothers are, are six foot or, or larger. I am very good at navigating situations. That's very fair. Okay. Think carefully about this. This question is for, for my coworkers. This is very serious. Oh. Taco or burrito? Taco. Easy. Oh, fight. I'd, I'd, ha I'd have to agree with him there. Oh, two tacos. <laughs> okay. Jared, do you play right, an do instrument you and... and do you think burritos? Like, why are you wrong? Oh, no, no. There's people at work who are going to be very adamantly unhappy with your choice, but it's okay. It's okay. Good it's for okay. them. I, I, I support you, Jared. I work with people who don't know things, too. <laughs> oh, I'm going to share that. That's great. Too hot to handle the cold. Cold to hold? Something like that. Bobby Brown, look it up. Jared, do you play an instrument? And if you do, what is that instrument? Not anymore. I played the saxophone when I was younger, but I don't play it anymore. I could see uh, did you want to be that guy from the Lost Boys without a shirt? Just because I could see that about you. No, the reason I played the saxophone is a very interesting story. My brother did. Let's hear it. One. Super interesting. <laughs> I get it. Is, yeah, it's a <laughs> lot of context. And I, yeah. uh, I, did you have your own read or did you guys share a read? Because that's gross. Uh, we didn't share. <laughs> okay. Just, I just want to put that out there. Brian. <laughs> okay. Would you rather be able to copy and paste in real life? Or undo. Copy and paste. Copy All right. Because I right. don't make mistakes. No, it's uh, what would I undo <laughs> except for the copy and paste? <laughs> All right. Oh, man. Yeah, you might as well cut the eraser off your pencils. <laughs> Jared, favorite podcast that you're listening to right now purely for enjoyment? Under Nerds. That's um, educational and enjoyment slightly. My, but, one uh, of my favorites was Lightning Geeks. It was uh, a real... <laughs> Lightning Peaks, did you say? Geeks. Lightning Geeks. Ge Wait a second here. <laughs> <laughs> I believe you're making a uh, funny, a L-O-L, -L, if, if, if I'm saying that right. I mean, yes, is this... no, I, am, I enjoy the best podcast for technology out there, and that is... Thunder nerds. Oh, that's great. We're going to use that <laughs> nice. at the beginning of every episode now. <laughs> every episode. Oh, that and Lisa singing. We got to get that all put together. Thank you, Jerry. That's very nice of you. Let um, me ask you again because uh, well, actually, never mind. Go ahead, Brian. It's, it's your turn. To stealing my turn. You did it multiple times earlier. What fact amazes you every time you think about it? Honestly, the, the thing that actually was something I learned uh, when I was getting my degree. So when uh, 
light travels from its own reference frame, everything is instantaneous. All right. I think yeah, I that understand makes sense. That. I've seen Picard on Paramount. I understand that. <laughs> Jared, imagine you come home. It's probably one in the morning. It is raining outside. You just want to get in the door. You drop your keys like three times. You're trying to get in. You get in. You take off your shoes. Oh, the power's out. You're like, oh, Jared, you see a ghost. What do you do? Shoot it. There you go. Dead ghost. Double <laughs> okay. dead. Double dead. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. My, my question. You shoot the ghost. The ghost is really angry. Chases you away. You end up tripping, falling, hit your head. You wake up, but you only keep one thing like career-wise that you remember. What's the one thing you, you keep? I couldn't keep up with that. How to sell myself in an interview. All right. But you don't know any of the work. How are you going to do the job? What does that matter? <laughs> yeah, don't, don't, don't. You can't stack stuff on top of your question. You're you being greedy, Brian. <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> Jared, if you could not be on a computer, hypothetically, for the rest of your life, what would you be doing professionally? Probably some sort of electrical work. I guess I like electrons. I don't know, man. <laughs> okay, you have 30 minutes of free time. Uh, how do you pass the time outside outside of anything that we've talked about, IoT? What's your other thing that you do? I don't remember, but uh, <laughs> during lockdown, again, I've cut down every tree in the yard and I've landscaped it, everything in sight. <laughs> okay. What's the first thing, Jared, that you're going to do once we're able to escape, once we're able to move around freely and everything is in a state of not a semi-normal but in an actual normal i don't know when that is say it's 2025 what's the first thing you're going to do it depends on, on on when exactly you mean one of the things will be seeing the part of my family that sort of has to be locked away until they are fully vaccinated if mm -hmm. you're talking about way after that when it's much more normal uh, if mm -hmm. you go back to dragon con they had to cancel it do the thing and i like walking around and seeing all these people's crazy costumes and getting together with nerds and drinking a lot nice like what is one irrational fear that you have we won't one, use it against you don't worry no we definitely will but keep going <laughs> one irrational fear that i have write this down brian irrational fear i don't know it seems rational to me i, I do get freaked out as for as a person who flies as much as i did at least i do get freaked out man every time we get in that plane it shakes a little bit i'm like guess that was that's it that's how, that's how it is <laughs> i think that's a fair one a lot of people are totally fine with planes and i know a lot of people that just freak the f out when they uh get ever near any of that shiz so totally also, get it i also I know a couple of pilots and have drank with them and gosh <laughs> it's like when you get to know engineers or programmers you're like how does any of this stuff stay working <laughs> well that's a lesson that's when you get across the rubicon of adulthood and you realize that most people don't know what they're doing we're all making it up as we go and we're all trying to not fake it till we make it but you realize maybe I'm not the best of something and you just learn on the job and you become that that leader or that person that does that thing. And everybody's people. We're all people. We're not robots. Not until 2045 when you know we're legitimately all robots uh, thanks to Elon and everything goes horrible. But yeah, on a happier note, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, this is my last one for you. What did the ocean say to the beach? Oh God. Splash? Nothing, it just waved. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if you're going to do that, then I got to get one in. Okay, go. Jared, the frog was driving down the road and his car broke down. What did he do? I don't know. What did he do? <laughs> he got it towed. Jared, okay. let's, we're right about the end of the show. Let's talk about where people could find you. The, I imagine some of the best places are your website, which is jaredroads.com. Of course, we'll have a link in all these spots in the uh show notes we have the um i'm not gonna say it so i'll let you say it right kumata technologies kumata technologies was kumata.com and also which would correlate to your twitter handle which is kumata that's it yeah at kumata so all the great places anywhere else that you want people to to find you on the internets meetup so um i run a couple yeah, let's of talk about that and uh, help a couple of groups. So I run the Atlanta Intelligent Devices group. I help out with the uh, .NET users group. 
Um, so you can find me on Meetup on both of those. And I also help run the Gwinnett Georgia Microsoft Users Group. So any of those, you can find me on Meetup. And then obviously, same Kimada name on LinkedIn. If you just want to reach out and ask some questions, for some reason, I get more of that on LinkedIn than I do on Twitter. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting how the all the plethora of platforms have their own kind of personalities and questions that go with it in unpredictable ways. It's all those IoT so, connections. Is that what it is? <laughs> Bad joke. Sorry. <laughs> uh, 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 I, I just want to say, Jared, I appreciate you taking the time with us and spending it. It's uh, the most important thing in the, that we have in time. our life this time. So thanks for joining us. Yeah, you, you really spend your time. Really appreciate it. Yeah, man. Thanks, guys. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, and and uh, another one like we did for the Amigos. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll definitely do another Conf Amigos episode. That Those are going to be a yearly thing. We're going to do another one in June. So we have to do it around the exact same time to keep the uh, consistency of the yearly thing, which uh, makes sense. Last question that we enjoy asking our guest, Jared, is do you have any parting words of wisdom, any advice that you could benevolently bestow upon the audience? Yes. If you want to learn something, try to start teaching it. If you go and you get and you talk at a user group or something like that, you're not being judged. People know that you are learning it and you are talking to people who probably know less than you do because by the time you get up there, you have learned more than you ever thought you would have. Nice. I, I just want to put on here that Shiva said hi. Hey, Shiva. Hi. Hi, Jared. Hi, Brian. Hi, Frederick. Which hey, is also on the on the Conf Migos. Hey, I'll, I'll be getting in touch with you because we're all going to do that again, Shiva. But yeah, that's that that's great advice. Thank you so much, Jared. And I guess that's it. And thanks everybody for watching the show. Really appreciate it. Again, if you could do us a solid and go to the youtube.com slash thundernerds and subscribe, really appreciate it. And for more on Jared, obviously you could go to again jaredroads.com. You could go to Kumana on Twitter and the website kumana.com and we'll have a link to everything in the show notes. Everyone, thank you, Jared. Thank you so much. Super appreciate it. Hey, everyone. Take care, everybody. Thanks, and we'll see you again. Thanks for consuming the Thunder Nerds. We honestly and sincerely appreciate you watching and or listening to the show. Please subscribe on YouTube and iTunes. Write us for you. Keep a few stars our way. And above all else, please remember to send your favorite book suggestions to Brian Hinton. I, I like romance novels. They have happy endings. Oh man, I am rude. I am, I am rude. <laughs> oh, I guess no one's watching. That's shocking. <laughs> exactly. I love Frederick. I love Frederick. I love Frederick. I love Frederick. I should have known the Territor didn't mean us any harm when the Sword of Omens didn't obey me. And anyway, it was just plain stupid to assume it might be bad. Just what the <laughs> fuck am I talking about?